Hello and welcome to The Dive presented by Honda Season 4 Episode 37. Play-ins are over and groups are on the way. Yeah. Wait, where's energy, guys? Come I, on. I didn't know if it was going to blame me when I don't say the number with a 37, and yet you're just staring there and say, oh, wake up. Come on. I thought, well, to be fair, I literally woke up like 20 minutes ago. I uh, <laughs> slept through my alarm. So I'm pretty tired. I, I, I woke up at, at 2 p.m., 3 p.m., 4 p.m., uh, and 5 p.m. I'm going to say this is the schedule, especially when you have things like right at the end, you know, it's because I, I had content until like, you know, 10 a.m. or so. Yeah. And then like after, after you know, watching games all night, and then and I slept through my alarm, so uh, Joanne woke me up. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, I wouldn't even be here. No dive so, without hello. Joanne. Let's yeah. go, Joanne. Honor Joanne. Joanne. Is, Joanne is the true savior. That's my that's my honor this week. She's a, we she's sitting, the knight in shining armor. We were sitting here like, uh, we've got to go get our COVID testing. Where's uh, where's Azel? Joanne's got discovered. That's that's my nickname for you. That's that's what you get when you oversleep. You get Azel. Dude, that's like that's the the kind of stuff I get called when people don't ask me. It's like Azel? 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 If you change something like that, though, I feel like it's that's the endearing thing. You know, I've gotten I've said your regular uh, name too many times that I'm like, we got to spice it up. You know, Zale Zale is old. That, that, that's 2018. I, I'm, I'm done with this. I mean, so to be fair, I, I change my pets names all the time. Like, uh, yeah. like Natsume. Then I changed it to Natsumer, Natsumer Boomer. Mm, now I just so call him Boomy. He, he responds to Boomy now. He's looking right at me. So what you're saying is I'm Kobe's cat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a pet uh, name. It's I thank you for your sacrifice, Azale. Somebody had to do it. <laughs> All right. Well, play-ins just finished. Uh, honestly, banger. Play-ins yeah. were, were the best I, I think I, I have ever seen at, at any any worlds. Like that was the most fun I had watching play-ins. Um, I think that the format was was partially to thank. I really did like the two groups, the single round robin. Four out of five of the teams, you know, are still moving on to play best of five. I like the fact that we actually got to see you know, more of an in-depth showing from a bunch of these teams. I think that was really, really cool. And I'm hopeful that we can find some way to like maintain this type of format, even if we add, uh, you know, the two teams back in next year, obviously some teams were missing this year because of, of COVID of visas and everything. So I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I, I think that a lot of the, the teams that were there are showing, you know, a much in a much bigger way for their regions than they ever have before, right? We have OPL taking down uh, the Mad Lions, a major region for the first time ever. We have Supermassive taking down a major region in a best of five for for the first time ever for them. You know, we we had all these kind of firsts. A lot of them are thanks to Mad, but there was a lot of competitive ones. You know, and teams <laughs> taking out uh, LGD left and right. You know, they went one and three in the round robin. Uh, so I thought I thought it was pretty pretty sick. Yeah, and, and it wasn't just like a lot of the historical achievements are thanks to Mad, but watching the groups also, there were so many good games. You know, there yeah. were so many more that were competitive. So I completely agree. I feel like this is the best play-ins that we have ever had for any worlds, just, yeah. just bar none. It was, uh, you know, uh, there are moments that I remember back to, and I wish that Vietnam was here because a lot of the moments mm -hmm. in previous worlds where I got super hyped were, were was Vietnam, you know, uh, hard leashing jungle stuff, all these crazy strats, diving, so many kills. Um, so that, that is my only regret from this world is I was like, this play-ins was so good and Vietnam wasn't, wasn't even here. 
Um, so I, I think next year is, is going to be, you know, for, for sure, we'll continue in this trend. And, and I was super impressed with a lot of the teams. I'm glad that Unicorns of Love finally make it through uh, after getting so close in the last couple of years. And I'm just super excited for a lot of, uh, you know, the things that we already saw, specifically Gadget in the bottom lane, you know, playing play the mages. But then not just like, oh, I can play mages. When he brings out Twitch, it's like the super hard carry. He's mm -hmm. popping off assassinating people with it too. Um, those type, those types of things uh, make it really interesting. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of times it felt like planes was this like weird event before it that a lot of people didn't even really associate with worlds, but it, it really felt like at this time, and you couldn't just ignore what was going on. That said, I'm curious about how much like like what's what's going to happen going forward. Like LGD struggled really hard in group stage, but then absolutely dominated the knockout portion. Um, and we've seen in the past that teams sometimes struggle in play-ins like c9 had done it g2 had done it WWE. and then they both made semis you know like so this is something where i'm like lgd you look terrible i don't want to believe in you but unless you know like I, it's it's hard to get a read on 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 them um and so it was something that changed i think a lot of people's perceptions about some, some of these teams i think people are really hot on team liquid now which i i actually think is kind of surprising uh, that people thought that this changed their view on Team Liquid at all. Yeah, I, I think that's people that had a lower than should have been expectations for Team Liquid have now swung the other way because so many people bought into this anti-NA propaganda that, that has been going around. And <laughs> it, news. Had, it had gotten, I mean, honestly, it had gotten to ridiculous levels. So like yep. for, for us, uh, I feel like, this is a team liquid that we expected in groups and you can go back and check the tapes. Azale's literally like, I have full confidence in team liquid. It's going to be um, there because yeah. you know, they, they play this, this, you know, conservative style. They're not going to make mistakes or take risks. And, and that's exactly what showed up. And yet we've had so many people leading up to this from official outlets, just going, okay. North America is not better than Europe. I'm okay. Yeah. You know, they, they've beaten us a, a bunch of times in a row. That's totally fine. But the lengths that people have gone to, to just call us dog shit and call us not even a, a top four region got to crazy lengths and got absurd to me. So I'm yeah. just glad that team liquid got to be the class act. They took the high road. There are a bunch of people they could have added after that. <laughs> Um, but they did not, you know, they, they just perform, boom, we're out. Okay. Move yeah. On. I think like, uh, one of the things that I said during that, that dive too, is like, I'm not concerned about these teams exploiting team liquids weaknesses, like, and what people perceive as the weaknesses of TL being, you know, yeah. impacts champ pool and, and Broxa. They both look fantastic at planes. And then it's weird to watch, you know, community perception swing the other way. And they're like, impact always shows up at worlds and he's going to be great in group stage now against wonder and, uh, Ben and like all these things. And you're like, I, uh, can we can we find the middle ground here? Because like I think the yeah. things that I was confident about going in for Team Liquid, I'm still confident about the things I'm worried about. I'm still worried about because yeah. as great as they did, you know, it's kind of like that arc in anime where you beat the first villain and then it, it like the world opens up and you're like, and now the real test begins. And that's <laughs> yeah, how exactly. I feel about this. Where I'm like, yes, you guys laid down the law like we all thought you should have in plans. Now let's really see what goes down. I'm but just so scared about this backswing. Yeah, well, and, and I would also say, like, very clearly, 
play-ins can be a bigger struggle, right? So as yeah. much as as much as yeah. I, I was fully confident that TL would do this and, and said it, you know, in pretty uh, you know, certain terms in the previous episode, I am still pleased that they did it. I am still pleased that they look clean. They dropped one game. You know, that one wasn't the best, but it wasn't really the style that I expect them to be able to play, kind of more of one through one. Um, and, and clearly, I mean, Mad was expected to, to get out. Almost every person besides uh, some NA people that I saw had Mad first in the group, you know, had Mad, um, you know, even official power rankings, like Yamato had Mad above every single NA team, right? You know, so so clearly expectation doesn't always become reality. And, and I am kind of with you, Kobe, you know, I, I tweeted some stuff about it. Like it does, it does get frustrating. It's like, yes, we are, we are uh, based on the, the top results, the fourth major region, right? We are below yeah. those other regions. We're not in, better than you, but we're not dog shit. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, and the, the, the idea that people take, okay, G2 and Fnatic success or the success of, of like, you know, some of the, the world champions over the last couple of years from LPL, and they conflate that with meaning the entire region is like that good because it's like, Oh, well, well, mad finish, you know, second in, in the regular season. Uh, so therefore they are as good as G2. Therefore they are, you know, better than, than everyone. Right. Like, um, and I, and I do think that kind of like mental gymnastics sometimes goes too far to say, it's like, okay, the fourth seed, the fifth seed, like all this sort of stuff is going to be better than you. Like I was getting so many tweets saying like TL would be 10th in LEC going into plans and stuff. And it was like, it was super tilting. Me. And, and that's why I was like, okay, it's getting to these unreasonable levels because it got to the point where people could say anything, you, you know, and like, prominent people could say anything they wanted about it about na without any sort of backup or or analysis or anything and people would be like yep <laughs> just no no matter what it was right that's or without any, any kind of reasoning but i don't want to get too far down this hole True. um the, the point and the format of this episode of the dive is going to be we are going to do the full group previews Focusing first on um, you know a player to watch for each team to try and try and give it this little extra you know like stardom and this is not in all cases it's not the best player on the team this is like focal point a player to watch to to start an interesting conversation for each of the teams for each of the groups and we'll start with Group A um, we started talking about Team Liquid already so I think this is a good you know position in Group A to start talking about and um, even though there are multiple people you can watch on this. I think that the player to watch should be tactical as the rookie on the team. And as a guy that watching, uh, you know, a lot of super server games and, and trying to get any sort of pre worlds information, um, you know, he's, he's been popping off with core J in solo queue, but as well uh, in the games. So, um, and especially with things like Twitch recon emerging as as being this extremely solid strategy, whereas, uh, you know, a lot of NA teams had been getting flamed previously for, for Rakan picks. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like this is one of the things where uh, Team Liquid proved a couple different layers um, for themselves within groups, which, uh, which was really nice to see. Yeah, I think uh, the nice thing about putting tactical as a player to watch is that means, you know, oftentimes Core JJ's right there, right behind him, helping set him up for things. <laughs> uh, like he, we're watching tactical, and you're like, oh, look at that Core JJ. It's right a there. little kid on the bicycle taking <laughs> yeah. off the training wheels, and Core JJ's there. To catch right him. Next to him. <laughs> yeah, sometimes he disappears from lane. You're still watching tactical. There's a death in the mid lane uh, for the enemy team from Core JJ. But uh, yeah, I think uh, tactical will, will be uh, pretty important for them, just like it's like you said, a team of four veterans, and then this guy. Uh, and, and the people he has around him are all studs. I mean, like, you know, MSI finals for Jensen, the semifinals for him. 
uh, Brox has made world finals. You have two actual world finalists or excuse me, world winners as well. So like it's, it's on paper, a star studded lineup, um, you know, and, and I think some, a team that has to be respected at least a little bit in, in groups by these other teams where like they have a, a defined play style. And that's just where the big question mark still is for me. Cause the other teams in the group don't really feel like they play that way at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be really interesting, right? I think tackles really showed up in, in the play in stage uh, was great on the Twitch in particular. Like that was exciting. And, and as you said, Kobe, like, you know, Cajal had an interview saying like, and it was kind of more right about the meta with this, right. Which, which does give, I think our team somewhat an advantage, especially I think these guys who are already playing uh, recon quite a bit. Um, but that being said, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how some of the other members do going forward. Um, Jensen, I think, was clearly a cut above of like most of the the mid laners in play ins. Right, he was he was really trashing people. I think humanoid was was really a standout as well for for Mad um, on a team that wasn't doing as well. But um, now it's like you you go to this next level where you have to be playing against people that are of a, a much higher caliber, right? You have to be going up against uh, Caps and Angel and, and guys like this that I think are going to be you know, so much more difficult. And I think that's going to be the real challenge for TL because some of the things that made me so confident in, in Team Liquid in play-in was are, are like just don't apply in in the group stage, right? It's it's their ability to to play so calm and collected and they they don't get too crazy with their picks and all these things that make them very consistent and best of ones. And then when you're kind of at a higher skill level than your opponent, you're very rarely going to lose. But that becomes problematic when you are not just like universally better than your opponents, right? You get into this situation where all of a sudden you're not just naturally winning lanes. You're not just like, you know, naturally having better vision and taking over the jungle better and having better prep for dragons and all these things um, that are almost a given for them against many teams and plans are no longer like a guarantee in, in group stage uh, when you're going up against that higher level of competition. And that's where your predictability and draft becomes exploitable. That's where your slow play style, uh, you can get sometimes squeezed out of the game or, you know, a more aggressive team could take tremendous advantages against them. So that is my concern for TL uh, in, in the group stage is will they be able to, to kind of come up with some more picks that fit within their play style, uh, but allow them to not get pigeonholed in, in, you know, pick and ban, right? Like I really want to see impact playing Malphite. I really want to see impact playing Scion. Pick up more tanks. You don't have to have like a Fiora for impact and like, you know, a vein top and like crazy stuff. You can play within your bucket, but you just have to make it a bigger bucket, right? Like it's got to be more than Orn and Shen. It's got to be Orn and Shen, Malphite into AD, Maokai into AP, Scion if they're banned out, you know, like create uh, more ways for you to play your play style with those picks. And that's what I'm, I'm really hoping to see TL works on going into this uh, group stage. Uh, you want to hop over the G2 now? Let's do it. All right. This is, this is an interesting one. What was that, Kobe? <laughs> Nothing. Go ahead. You're laughing at my transition? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just laughing. All right. It's... All right, all right. Well, it's uh, much smoother now, so this is... Yeah, there we go. Uh, so for G2, I think there's a lot of people you can, you can point to, but uh, for a lot of people, it's still Caps as the player to watch. Um, mm. He was one of the, the big carries over the course of the year when things were up and down. He was he was actually uh, pretty consistent in summer and made a lot of big plays in playoffs to help uh, drag them through there after losing initially, you know, to, to Fnatic and turning things around and whatnot. 
Um, but this is obviously a superstar team. It's, it's, you know, a super team from Europe. There's great players everywhere. Um, the solo lanes in particular and, and Yankos being able to set them up, I think are, are the key strengths for them, especially in the early game. Caps is for sure the player to watch for G2, right? I'm a wonder fan, but and, yeah, I mean, you can have, you can have definitely arguments for wonder, especially because of the playoff performance mm-hmm. and depending on where you think the meta is going to go. Um, because for what I was laughing about earlier after, uh, Azale's, uh, you know, talk on, on team liquid, I was going to interject something on, um, you know, where, where do you guys think that the meta is going to go from play-ins to groups? Because, pretty much everybody is projecting changes from, from playing two groups with a lot of the teams having, um, you know, like more capable top laners for pulling off top focus or split push or those types mm-hmm. of things. Um, you know, a lot of the players even that, that are in groups ta- have already talked about, they were surprised by seeing the slower pace of some of the plans and how plans started to revolve around like orange tank frontline, you know, team fight, type of stuff and how in their scrims right now for a lot of these teams they've been playing very quickly and having a lot of aggressive matchups and looking for um you know like kill leads in lane to try and uh, snowball that way so I, I think this is one of the things where this group encapsulates uh, encapsulates that g2 is one of the teams that is is so like you put the solo lanes up on these pedestals and even in summer when g2 were struggling and everyone was like, oh, why? it's a new era. You know, Mad Lions and Rogue are, are top of the LEC now. And G2 and Fnatic are these middle-of-the-pack LEC teams. Mm-hmm. Caps was hard carrying, popping up every game. It's like Caps never took a break being, being Caps, right? <laughs> like Even in a lot of these games, people meme on, like, Caps or Craps, which one shows up. I, I hadn't seen Craps in a long time. So I, I think that, um, you know, coming into this, he is going to be such a big determining factor for this mm-hmm. group I, I do like that mark is also mentioning um wonder because uh, you know the solo lanes go tandem and wonder's big champion pool and his flexibility are are going to be a huge asset for g2 but i feel like this, this is one of the things for this group that that does cause a lot of those changes and does cause people to be scared for teams that are like team liquid which which you're expecting the other style yeah, I mean, uh, both of these guys like are are incredibly flexible in these soul laners. Caps is just so aggressive, and I think the caps or craps thing is less like, oh, you had a bad performance on the whole game, and more <laughs> he's willing to go for like the one b three because he sees an angle and he's like gonna pull it off most of the time, and it's gonna be insane. But sometimes he's gonna flash in and, and kind of like pie in your face, right? And and maybe have a little bit of a craps moment. But uh, he he has been incredible. I think in a year where you know perks was was not looking nearly as good uh in the bot lane i do think he really stepped up for them you know they we have to remember that you know perks and caps roll swapped in spring and then they roll swap back in summer so it's not as though they just continued forward as normal uh after last year after you know how successful perks was i do think you know that perks also just has never really looked as good on the senas and the ashes and stuff as he has in, in a lot of the crit marksmen um, but we were seeing, we saw some Tristana, we saw Twitch, we saw, you know, Vayne even pop up. So like those types of, of picks may be more in his wheelhouse and could, uh, spark a bit of more of a resurgence from perks. Uh, I also think that, you know, for, for wonder, a talking about the top lane meta, like I, I do think because of how ridiculously flexible this guy and his confidence in his own play, you know, he is going to be 
one of the players that is willing to perhaps, you know, counterpick and, and use things like the Kale more liberally into tanks or, you know, GP in tanks or whatever. Um, you know, Vladimir, he's brought out. Like, I do think that there are picks that you can, at the very least, like, get more from a farm lane than, than the tanks. And I think a lot of those RAP picks that people were kind of ignoring, you know, Vladimir, Cassio, Kale, all three of those to me, if you have an AD jungler and they blind pick a tank, those are all great picks that can scale incredibly well into the team fight stage. And I do think that um, Wonder is someone who could bring out any of those, uh, which, you know, is going to be pretty exciting. I think uh, the other strong point for, for G2 is, is their macro. Like they're one of the most creative teams in the world. Um, and they are hamstrung in the, the meta a little bit, which kind of sucks with like the prescriptive every five minutes, there's a Drake fight. I mean, you can sack that and like try and make some plays, but like those are, are even relatively telegraphed if you're going away from the objective compared to like when I think they're making all these insane, like why the hell are you here at all moments kind of plays. It's just less room for that, but they still find them in their playoffs. They were really good about making plays in that kind of gap in the five minute, uh, you know, obvious Drake plays Mm -hmm. and just usage of teleports uh, being really aggressive about finding lane wards to set up TP flanks, especially once the turrets drop, like they're really, really smart about the game. I think that's one of the areas that can be an advantage for them because yeah, the, the, the perks thing I'm still a little scared of because they were still getting killed 2v2 in, in playoffs. And like this is actually a pretty strong bot lane group, all things considered, with Wong Fung and Tactical, Core JJ, Koala. Like all the bot lanes are, are, are pretty decent here. One thing that I, I've really enjoyed watching in uh, some of the teams and, uh, you know, watching the various playoffs from, from all the different regions are the teams that successfully do the gold building strategy in exchange for early dragons because that one to me just it feels like you're almost even using your opponent's strength against them um and especially a lot of the lpl teams uh, have done this so well where you know they have this carry top lane pick they gank form on top side they start getting this lead they get the rift trail they blow open the turret they have all this turret play money and you're just like okay the other team got dragons and so the other team is like, oh, our only hope now is to stack dragons. And it, it's like they are drawn to the third dragon and the fourth dragon as like, we need to get these dragons. And yet they're drawn to them being down a thousand gold, two thousand gold, being down in team fighting capability, and all of a sudden, like your narrow window of you know you know dragon stacking to soul is gets used against you. A lot of teams have had trouble pulling off those timings. Because if you mess up one of the timings or a giant gets stolen, you know, that plan goes, goes to waste. And I like the tension that it brings. But um, I, I do like teams that successfully are able to use that strategy. Um, and I do think, um, as, as we're, like, still focused on, on caps for G2, uh, another one of the big reasons why he's, he's got to be the player to watch for, for this group is are the teams that they're, they're going against, right? Because the, uh, the mid lane is, is definitely an important part of a win condition for Machi as well. And that's why for Machi, uh, we have Mission as the, as the player to watch. This guy is statistically, um, and by eye test, the best mid laner in, in the entire league. He's first in gold difference at 10, uh, CS at 10, forward percentage at 10, damage per minute, uh, gold percentage. Like, they put so many resources into him. It's just like, Mission is such a big part of, of this team. And if you have to go up against Caps, I think everybody has, uh, you know, have to self-check. Uh, like, uh, do, I, do you have imposter syndrome now going, <laughs> going against, <laughs> against Cap in the mid lane? Like, how, how self-assured are you? 
Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough for him, right? And I think that we've all we've seen caps, you know, in the past get the people remember him getting clapped by rookie and things like this, right? But there's no mid laner that there's can no rookie lane in here. like rookie in this group. There's just not anyone like that. So it's going to be can you contain caps? I think that's what the the game plan becomes for a lot of these teams, and I think that's going to be incredibly important for Machi, as you said. You know, mission really is their their standout player. Um, it was very very strong for them uh it's gonna be interesting though like also you know you get into then like the 2v2s and stuff and one of the things where where i'm really kind of like worried for machi like in in how the mid lane goes is like when when i was watching gemini play it felt like his pathing is like so predictable like he was doing like these six camp clears like every time on even on lease in and stuff like not really putting on any pressure you know you and i kobe we, we were watching a game where it was like he did he did like a three camp clear on blue side and the other jungler after like after you know buff buff then went to his buff and took his buff and it was like he knew this guy was going to do such a slow clear that he could late invade and steal it and still not have to fight the lease in and to me that that really speaks to predictability so like i worry for him against someone like yankos and and how that is going to bleed over into the mid lane because he has got to make sure that he is not getting you know jungle gap to keep mission in it because those two roles are just so intertwined and, and mission success i think is so imperative uh, for this team. Yeah, that's my main worry for, for this team is how slow their early game is because of Gemini and how predictable it is and how you like, we saw it literally happen where the, the, the prep that you do can result in, in such a big you know, early advantage without having to you know, outplay. Yeah, I think you can also throw in some of the champ pool concerns as well, potentially for, for some of them being mm-hmm. small um, for the predictability aspect of it. Um, because we've seen in, in already in play, it's like teams will hard call you out if they don't think you have an answer to their stuff. Like the, the cast in blinds was like, okay, you shouldn't be able to get away with that, but you can against this player. Like those are the kinds of things people uh, might start doing. There's a lot of also like hard target bands. We've seen five bands at like mid laners and stuff like that. So if mission is like the guy and the only one who's a threat, you know, like there's probably five bands coming as way if, if that's how people start feeling. Um, so I, I hope to see some more, uh, picks come out for, for some of them, especially Gemini, who, who I think had the smallest of them. Uh, but also say like Koala, I'm excited to see how he goes up against because supports and bot lanes are just pretty stacked. Like Mickey, Core JJ, and even Sword Art, people should remember and put some respect in Sword Art's name. Like he is one of those uh, LMS players who got brought over to, to the LPL mm-hmm. and is actually so good. Um, and I'm excited to see like all the out of lane roaming plays that are, that are going to be coming out from these games. Yeah. And, you know, with with experience being uh, you know, a big focus, that's, that's definitely going to be a big issue. Yeah, so for, for Sooning, uh, SOFM was the guy we really kind of wanted to focus on here. Um, SOFM, you know, has, has been around for a long time. This is a guy that came from the VCS, you know, went to LPL, is now at Worlds. Uh, he, is, he is an incredible jungler. I, I think his, his pathing in the early game is, is so, so strong. And, you know, you see him create such enormous advantages, even on, like, non-traditional ganking junglers like kind of similar to you know for na fans people talk about santorum with that a lot right you know this guy is is the kind of player who can play trundle and have three kills in in the first like five minutes of the game because he has had like really smart pathing because he coordinates really well with his lanes especially i think he works incredibly well with bin uh to make you know some pretty big top advantages happen he also it's kind of fun because he has his own play style, right? Like Lee Sin is his most played, but he's almost always going tank Lee Sin with Knight's Vow and, you know, going into Spirit Visages 
passes and things like this. So he plays more of a defensive style. He is very focused on enabling his laners and not necessarily playing for himself. You know, he's playing more of a facilitating role, but that does not mean like he, he doesn't have good mechanics. Like this guy is, is really, really insane. Uh, he's one of the best junglers at the tournament for sure. I think he's, he's definitely the strongest jungler in this group. So uh, it will be exciting to see how they, how they are able to really match up uh, against some of these other teams. And do you, if you remember back to um, when people started like dabbling in Redemption Olaf and stuff like mm-hmm. that too, that w- that was from SLFM too. Like th- this guy has always had a utility and and tank mind to some of the item builds, which I, I personally have always really enjoyed. As you like um, runic ball work. <laughs> as a boomer, as, not as, rely as a, on myself exactly. to carry the game. <laughs> uh, as a boomer and as a you know uh, an elderly League of Legends player that still tries to climb to high ranks, I focus a lot of the time on like, okay, you know, I'll play Udir uh, with, with I'll like lower my mechanics bar, and it's like a champion that has super good early game where I can go get pressure and get objectives. But then I transition out of that. I'm not trying to carry you guys later. Um, you know, I'm trying to have some some Zoomer, you know, Katarina Samiras carry me later, <laughs> and I'll start building Knights Vow and I'll start building some tanky stuff i'll just do my work in the early game and transition there um but i I really like that you mentioned bin because bin was on my list for for player Mm -hmm. to watch we kind of we put all these lists together to to aggregate them um because bin is just such a big part of how how sooning play um you know with with a lot of top focus and his his renekton um most big champion by far you know they they put a lot of early focus there they try and uh, they are one of those teams that gets uh, early gold leads and has less dragon control because of it but has super strong you know top side because um you know his, his renekton is is so dominant and that's one of the reasons why the global conversation of like blind pick Renekton's and, and all this, you know, debate and criticism mm-hmm. over the individual champion. You know, he, he's one of the players that had tremendous success and one of the teams that had tr- tremendous success utilizing it, even though it is a champion that everyone criticizes for, you know, falling off later or, or not being able to do that. And that puts more focus on, yes, there are weaknesses to this champion, but if you use the strengths well, you can be a top team, a top team in the LPL. And, you know, he gets his advantages there. He teleports down to make sure that they don't lose, um, you know, Dragon Souls and stuff like that. So uh, I, I thought that that was a good combo. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the, those two together make their top side really scary. And I think that's where people understand we put a lot of the focus. But the bot lane is actually pretty solid as well. I think mm-hmm. all things considered, uh, like I already hit on Sword Art a little bit, uh, tons of international experience. It's the first time Pong Fung's really getting a big, start here but i mean go go google his backstory by the way um just to get some some character development for you going into worlds i'm not gonna spoil it at all because it might make you cry but you should definitely go google uh the backstory for him all right i'll be right back let's take a time out here i gotta google this because apparently i missed this yeah it's a it's a story of perseverance uh, well, he has persevered himself into being one of the best marksmen in the LPL now, I think, for, for a lot of people. Um, and it feels like there's been this conversation this year on and off about, like, LPL 80 carries and, like, how good they are and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I, I, I think they're, they're, they're all actually pretty insane. Uh, <laughs> I think Huang Feng in particular is, is really good. So I, I think people might have seen Kramer in planes and been like, yeah, see, they're not that great. Not, Kramer really struggled, but like, I don't think that applies at all. Like this is such a different bot lane to me. Um, and 
uh, Sword Art does fit into that mold of, of the roaming uh, 80 carry, or excuse me, roaming marksman, or God, I can't speak, support, uh, that feels like it's what the meta is going to be for Worlds. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Suning is, is a really strong t- team overall. And because they don't have, you know, that kind of like star power on their team as far as names that people immediately gravitate to, I think a lot of people are going to underestimate them. I would not be surprised if they won this group. Right. I think, uh, you know, Suni is, is a top four, top five team in the tournament. Uh, I think that they are, you know, really, really, really strong. And a lot of people are going to be surprised by them. You know, when, when they started to, to fall in the LPL was against other teams that had absolute elite level top laners and really strong junglers who were, you know, able to actually match that pressure or withstand that pressure on the top lane and then kind of, you know, slowly maybe grind this team out with, with better macro or better map play, like kind of how top did, but like not every team has a three, six, nine or a zoom or the shy. Right. And economy backing them really? up. Really? You yeah, can't just Carsa. go pick those no, up anywhere. They, they just can't grab the shies at the store anymore these days, Kobe. Uh, we have, we have the shy at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, that, that's the thing that I think where people overlook them, where they're like, oh, they, maybe they watch like a series in playoffs or something like that. And they're like, well, they're not that good, but they're playing against Top or JDG or, or maybe even IG who, who have some of the tools to match this. If you go back and like, I watched a lot of their games throughout the regular season. Some of these teams that don't have those kind of top laners, it's like, you're done. Like, and, and that's what I, I think that they are going to be able to bring. I think, you know, G2 is, is definitely the, the team that they're going to be competing with for, for first in this group because, you know, Wonder is, is the best European top laner, I think, by far. You know, he is an elite-level top laner, uh, and I think a lot of it is going to come down to, you know, how can you match up against Spin? And I do have a, a lot of concerns um, for, for Impact going in there. And I also have a lot of concerns for PK. I think PK is, it time is to just bring back get sword versus shield top lane matchups. <laughs> yeah, Malphite, like give me Malphite, dude. <laughs> Honestly, uh, the only last thing I want to add uh, on this group, um, and since we're on on Suning, I was remembering before the group draw, I was really hoping that Suning would be in Fnatic's group because Huang Feng is is the Jin player for me from LPL, like spamming it so much and even watching a lot of the super server games. Um, and that's that was Reckless's. That was, he's been spamming for for like a month, um, the, the Jin game. So I wanted to have a Jin off. So I feel like Huang Feng is the best LPL Jin and Reckless has been spamming it as well. Uh, super server games. Send him in a blind pick. Jin uh, versus uh, Jin. I'm just, I'm sad we don't get it there. Maybe we'll get it uh, in, the, in the next stage. But on to group B then. Dom, Juan, we might as well. Huh? Group quick group group predictions first. Oh sure. Yeah, Yeah. some some for people to look back and make fun of us uh, for. True, true. true. And we can uh, we can tweet out our pickums later or something like that too, so you guys can uh, can keep Mm -hmm. us honest. I'm going suiting in G2. I think out of this group. That order. Um. Because I think that's the biggest. I'm undecided on the order. I, I'm still going G2. I think that the angel First. question, yeah, because the angel question mark for me is, as, we, as we're kind of talking about with like containing caps, I'm not sure angel can do that. Maybe you can start messing with Bin at that point if, if he's able to get, get all over the map. Um, though that, that question Honestly- is... Uh, I'm going G2 first also. <laughs> Hi, I swayed you. I, I, see, I see you put this in. Well, I had to have like 10 seconds to think about it further. No, I convinced you. It's my strength of my argument. 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually in the same boat, which uh, makes me a little sad, but I, I do think that G2 stylistically is, is quite good against Sunning because I think they are one of the, one of the teams that does have those like elite top laners that, that should be able to withstand. I do think that, you know, Angel could struggle against caps. Um, but honestly, I, I think this is incredibly close. I like, I think it's at best 55, 45 in G2's favor. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if Sunning like two of them and won the group. I think that could go either way. Um, I, I think that, you know, I, I've TL third, Machi fourth. Machi, I, I do think is is a big underdog in this group. Um, and, and for TL, they are going to have to try to hope that G2 and Sooning are, are taking games off each other and that they can get an upset win and, and try to, you know, sneak through that way. I think that they look really strong in play-ins, but people are, are looking at this group, you know, as, as the better group for them to get. And it was because it's better to, to dodge, you know, JD, G, and, and Dom one. But this is still an incredibly hard group. Like, most people have, you know, both Sooning and G2 at least in the top five, um, you know, if not top six. So, like, these are potentially semifinalist teams, and, and I think uh, it's, it's going to be difficult for TL. Yeah, I, I'm actually, I, I feel like, a little bit more optimistic than you for Team Liquid in this group mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of my optimism comes from my, my faith in impact. And, and for him, repeatedly, um, as much as it's a meme, you know, and I, I don't jump on board with memes or superstitions or anything, um, the, the impact playoffs, impact worlds uh, deal, like it, it's, he has stepped it up so many times that I actually do have a lot of confidence in him, um, you know, with, especially with the picks that are flying around right now. With Shen being such high priority, um, he definitely can play multiple tanks. He's not one of the tank players that's like, oh no, Orn is gone. Now what do I do? Um, yeah, e- even though in, in previous things, I feel like they've gotten themselves into, into a hole of thinking that way. And that's um, happened to him at Worlds before, too, to be fair. Because I, yeah. I think in the past, when, when tanks started getting banned out, they just they completely ignored Maokai and, and Malphite and Scion and all these other ones that are a I, little bit off. I, I've been talking to them, and they're, they're not going to let that problem, or at least, you know, they're not going to let that problem resurface. So that's all I need. That's good. I, I, I take it at your, at your word. Um, what I am still, like, you know, kind of nervous about is um, Jensen versus, versus Caps. Um, I'm always pretty, pretty scared about matchups like that, especially because last Worlds, I just, um, it's just burned into my memory because um, it was such like a oh, crap moment when um, Rookie with the Kiana versus Le- with LeBlanc for Jensen, just a pure outplay in mid lane, um, kills him in the 1v1 in such a close little outplay then immediately biases moby boots heads up topside kills impact and at that moment you're just you have this crushing feeling of like oh my god it's like it, the, the outplay is there and and that's just a, the the big difference um <laughs> I, I see you guys typing we need to move on uh, uh, so anyways let's move on uh, no more trips down memory lane group b damon gaming everybody has been on board with this team because they have crushed across the board um they have crushed in multiple styles split push team fight uh they kept up a very quick game time even in the lck now every single player on their team um you know ha- has been really big at different times but, uh, you know, I, I would focus more on Showmaker. Are you guys uh, looking to, to highlight Showmaker or, or Nuggery or something? I, I personally in Nuggery a little bit just because I think he is such a controversial figure in, in a lot of ways, uh, like a lightning rod for his play style. Uh, 
you know, there was so much talk about him last worlds and <laughs> what, what he was doing with <laughs> the klepto talks again. Oh my goodness. No, I'm not going down. I'm just saying like, Scrooge that was McDuck up there in the top lane. That was Cole such a figure. And then it, it kind of, he kind of got, he, he had some bad games. He had some good games. He had some bad games. And so like, I think he's actually better this year. I think a lot of the guys from that, that team ended up getting better. Uh, you know, Can- Canyon as well. Showmaker, like all, all of them have, have stepped up and that's why they've become, you know, from a really good team in, in the LCK to like hands down one of the most dominant barrel as well. Like they're, they're so good. And the fact that while they do have a more top focused play style, the in finals, when Caitlin was left open, they're like, all right, Orn for you uh, in the top lane. And we're going to go Kate Lux in the bot lane. And we're going to dominate. And that's when I was like, okay, I thought maybe we could talk about ghost being a weakness, but I don't even really think that's true. I think he's just kind of like on an Island and, and, it's team play style choice. And it feels like no matter what you can leave up after I saw that, I was like, Oh, okay. You can't even like try and play bot to their top. Like it's, they, they're such a solid team that I can't really point to anyone as, as a, as a weakness. I mean, I think if you're going to point to anyone, it's ghost, right? It is, like, like you even, you even kind of unintentionally, you're like, no great. Showmaker are both so good. Also barrel in the bot lane. And can you, have you seen him? Ghost is there too. And he was, like, you know, and he was like, the only one not on their all pro team for first team. And it made exactly. sense because he's just but, on an eye. He had like negative 20 CSD or something. Cause he's just like, well, eh, whatever. From, from what I say, like the sets I have is, is negative 3.4, but it, like, oh, top, okay. top jungle that. is like absolute lane kingdom. Yeah. Um, you know, Nagari is averaging over 11 CS difference at 15. Uh, Canyon is such a farming jungler. This guy is up over 13 and a half CS at 15 on average. Like that is insane. Yeah. He's played, he played a ton of Nidalee. Um, but, you know, they are so good at taking these incredible laning phases and, you know, moving that into your jungle. I think that's one of the things that Dom One does so good is to create this kind of like economic advantage where, you know, they would pick, you know, Jace, Renekton, and Camille and these champions where Nagari could really, really take off. And Canyon would work with him to get him an advantage. He's farming incredibly well. And then Nagari is paying that back by, you know, invading with Canyon and helping to get him control and like showmakers winning his lane too. So we can get Raptors. And it's, it's like, they are just such a talented, well-rounded team that I think you can point to a lot of different players, but um, I, I do agree. It's, it's probably showmaker or, or, or Nagari. Both of them were incredible. Um, you know, I, I tend to be really interested to see how, how Nagari is going to kind of bounce back this year because uh, he was such a focus last year coming into Worlds and a lot of people felt like he was a flop. Um, you know, he still was strong overall. It's just like, you know, it was the legend of Nagari and the klepto Vladimir who, you know, dominated every single solo queue game that everyone was talking about and it didn't pan out on the stage. But this year he's come back with a little bit more experience and a better team. I just like how both me and Mark are preemptively like trying to deflect, do some white knighting for, for ghosts. And we're like, yeah, you know, we're spotlighting the solo lanes, but you know, everybody at times. So, <laughs> it's it like, I, got, ah. I, I mean, I, look, I just went and looked it up again. During the regular season is negative 12.9 CSD at 10, according to oh, this I think, website. I think the stats I have are, are maybe including um, playoffs when playoffs, you got the Caitlyn yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause, cause that, that's what the thing was that shocked me. I was like, Oh wait, he's actually good. Oh no. Yeah. I mean, Barrel Bar- <laughs> roams a lot, right? Yeah. He's and not like, down there. His yeah. most picked is Pantheon. His second most picked yeah. is Bard. Both those champions, <laughs> like, you're never seeing this guy in your laning phase. He's just like, good luck, pal. We're going to crush the top side. Uh, we're going to crush mid lane. And, you know, and he's going to be everywhere with the jungler. And, and to go spread it, like, 
yes, I, I do think that he is um, the guy that you can maybe point to as a weakness, but like he is, he is not a weak player by any means. He is just not like a bona fide superstar, like the other four players on his yeah. team. Um, so, you know, Dom Juan is going to be monstrously strong, going to be incredibly hard. I think for, for really anyone in this group, except for the fact that another world's favorite is in this group. JDG, baby. The Come on other... down. Okay, welcome, LPL candidate number one. We've got two of them. Uh, I think uh, LPL was sick this year with, with JDG and Top Esports going back and forth, and uh, that's why they're super fun to watch. And I think most people are leaning towards Kanavi as as the player to watch mm. for, for this one. It's a, it's another one of those star-studded lineups. So you can have some debate about who you think it is, but Kanavi was just such a monster this year from the jungle position, and his padding. Yes. Jungler. In the world, I want we can have the we can have the fight now because uh, it's I love it so much. It depends on what style of uh, jungle you like, um, but I think most people would agree either him or Carsa, and we can get to Carsa uh, later when uh, when we discuss them. But the he did the kindred play from the beginning of, of summer and the, this, the super hard carry games completely won me over. I started watching those, those ones earlier. And then he also transitioned into gank heavy junglers, not just farm heavy carry junglers, but um, you know, like Leeson and, and stuff as well. And the flexibility, I, I feel like this guy did so much. Um, and, and the junglers in the LPL, were just so crazy. It's they were outstanding. I feel like all three of these uh, junglers from from the LPL, um, you know, Carsa, Kanavi, and SOFM. Um, I think I think only Canyon like breaks into the top three, like breaks into those those LPL junglers mm-hmm. for that that conversation. And that's one of the things that uh, I'm so hyped for this group because I, I think this group has really really good junglers. Um, if uh, if PSG got got to keep uh, got to keep their substitutes, then I think it would be even even more fun because oh, we, yeah. we would actually have have all four of them. Um, but as much as we were talking about like Group A, a lot of people are looking at the bottom lanes, and I think the bottom lanes are super hype. This this group to me is is a jungle kingdom group uh, because uh, we already mentioned Canyon, um, uh, Kanavi, like having these two go ahead at Ted uh, with the. I just feel, I'm so excited. I I can't I can't wait because everybody's been arguing about you know their rankings for for best in the world and uh, I think there's a good spot here. Yeah, I mean I I, th- I think JDG are you know legitimate favorites to take the tournament. Um, you know I think that the LPL uh, for for my money has the best two teams at the event. I think that you know JDG and Top are are both insanely good. You know I. I do actually favor them over Don Juan. Um, I think that is going to be, you know, so exciting to watch uh, because we're going to get to see, you know, some of the regional giants actually go up against each other because it almost feels like this year LPL has two number one seats and, you know, <laughs> and, and that's JDG and top like JDG won in spring, didn't get to go to MSI. It was three, two insanely close finals in summer. So it's not as though like there's this enormous gap between top and everyone else. And, and JDG is this little pleb coming along for the ride. Like they are an insanely good team. Um, I think zoom is an amazing, amazing, amazing top laner. Uh, Lumao and Loken really impressed me. Lumao is just such a monster on Bard. Again, like another one of these guys that really can can match Roams. And I think that's going to be a cool matchup too, seeing him against Beryl. You know, both of these, these guys are, are incredible at what they do. 
I do think that when you're talking about like some of the weaknesses and stuff, then, then you would have to kind of look, okay, well, Dom one uh, has showmaker over Yigao. I would kind of favor them there, but I do think that JDG like Loken is, is probably a better performing marksman than Ghost. So you kind of are, are starting to look at these little edges and, and seeing where it's going to come out on top. But uh, I, I think this is going to be such an exciting group to watch, to see these two behemoths go up against each other. And then, you know, kind of, additionally get to see can rogue or psg steal a game because yeah. everyone is kind of like all right rest in peace uh you know thanks for the sacrifice psg we're glad teal didn't go in group b you know thanks for the sacrifice rogue we're glad fanatic didn't go there but you know those teams are still going to be looking to do some damage and if either of them can steal some games or a game that could actually decide uh, who gets out first who gets out second yeah i think it's really interesting uh, as well when you start like thinking about play styles a little bit because J- JDG is not really the typical, I mean, like when people think about the stereotypical LPL team being like super insane, aggro, like 50, 50 coin flipping fights all over the place kind of thing. Like they, they are definitely a little bit more team oriented than, than like say a top esports, which is just like insanely stacked talent across the board in every position. I mean, mm-hmm. they're still really good, but it's not about individual domination for this lineup. And that's what makes it also really, I think cool for LPL team fans is like you have a style that can represent whatever you like the most in, in Sooning being different from top being different from, from JDG. And I think that's also what makes them scary at worlds is there's like whatever the meta ends up being, there's a team that can play it for, for, for the LPL teams. And so if it is going to be slower, like we kind of saw from planes, I think it actually works very well for JDG. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes from their coordination with Kanavi and mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I, I am biased, but I attribute it to Kanavi <laughs> rather than the, the rest of the team to him. Um, but but that, is, that is kind of the reason, too, why I focus on that. And in the interest of keeping it moving along, we can move to the teams that may be caught in the crossfire uh, of, of the two behemoths <laughs> and may get you know, blown up on the side. But I thought that Inspired was so underrated because of the fact that self-made exists in the same league and Fnatic has so many fans and self-made it deserves the spotlight and he's this big carry jungler and he defines the play style of Fnatic of their most popular team but Inspired was such a good and intelligent jungler for the entire season for Rogue um, him and Larson are the two I was deciding between for yeah. players to watch for this team. And while Larson was amazing, and Larson did also go through changes, you know, he was the Orion Azir for most of the season when Rogue was their predictable uh, style. Um, he he picked up the Lucian after they got slammed by it. And, then and his Akali games Akali. against Caps were super yeah. impressive too. But I still think that Inspired is more the one to watch because of my jungle focus for this group. And because... When he was also playing a more supportive style yeah, and they were say. just cruising through summer. And then he transitioned into carry junglers and was just like, boom, slammed it down. And, and as soon as, um, as I saw those, those adaptations from rogue in playoffs, I got super excited for this team. And I was kind of sad that they got drawn into group D, which has the two teams that are so heavily favored to get out. I think rogue are definitely going to take a game off of either Dom one or JDG 
in in groups. I like they, they have so many chances to to pull one of them. I think they can do it. You're you're, sell, you're selling me a little bit, but then <laughs> let me point your hold on hold on to the top hold lane. on before we go Where, top lane. Let, let me talk about bot lane. <laughs> no, 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 no. There. And Hansama, Hansama are also no joke. They're super good as well. I mean, when you look at the the all pro voting for for EU, it was all four of them in the second team. Yeah. Uh, Jungle because mid, they, they were first AD. in the regular season, right? They they yeah. crushed regular season. But but Vander's actually you know he's he's been around a fairly long time. He, yeah. He's incredible. Han Summa now is actually a bit of a veteran. Uh, he's he's been here, and they can play different styles. You know they can play a more supportive style. They can they can bust out the Draven and, and these different things to try and uh, play a more aggressive one. I, I think Vander is incredible at, at finding fights. Like he he's their their bot lane is no joke, and I think can can kind of match up with that roaming play style that you might be seeing out of the others. <sighs> yeah, so this Rainy is, day is I'm, I'm with you. I'm with Falling you. All right. Here. So, all right. Here. Here we go. Here's the thing is that it's like you, with, with uh, Zoom and Dom, Dom No, no, no. Don't look over there. Ghost got to be this like little footnote, this little happy like, oh, but he did well up the other time. I know like we saw what happened to Arome in play-ins. <sighs> Finn is worse than Arome. Finn, Finn was a liability for Rogue like the whole year long. Finn is getting blown out in lanes left, right, and center in the LEC, um, I mean, on, on average, you know, negative 11.6 CSD. He's going up against Nagari, who had literally the inverse of that, like plus 11 and a half against, against better competition in the top lane. Like he's going up against Nagari and Zoom. I, I just think this guy is going to get torn apart in this group. And that is why, like, I just don't really see them, them being successful because you're going up against two teams that have two of the strongest top laners in the entire world. And he is such a clear point of failure for this squad. You know, Roma and Finn both stood out to me a, a lot in my prep as like, Oh, they are big liabilities. I didn't expect Romain to be such a liability in plans as he kind of ended up being. Um, but I just think that I give no chance to rogue in this group simply because I think like I am with you guys, you know, the, the other four, I think are strong players. And I think if they're playing at a high level, they can steal a game game but i just struggle to see the world in which finn does not get blown out every single game against those top teams especially because they're teams that are really good at actually focusing on top lane you know canyon and nagari as well as like uh, kanavi and, and zoom like they are so good at that play style and i just think it's going to be terrifying like if if they can solve that if finn can have some sort of like wonder pick where he can kind of survive um that's great but like his, his, he was very heavily reliant on GP um, in, in the LEC and kind of just like losing every single lane and then like sitting back and scaling while the rest of his team did stuff. But I think I think it's it's pretty terrifying to try to play like a weak laning top laner as the probably like, you know, as by far a weaker top lane player and, and expect we, that you're not just going to get wrecked. We know. <laughs> yes, that's how we know they're gonna get smashed at top lane. We're trying Your to camera have... is like jumping. It's like <laughs> we're trying to have some excitement for this group. God damn it! <laughs> well, let me kill this excitement further by talking so, about PSG. So I was like, did you know they're gonna get smashed at top lane? Ah, yes, yes, we know. Uh, so the other <laughs> team that that's gonna not have a fun group group stage is is PSG most likely. Uh, uh, the player to watch is is Kai Wing. Uh, they were actually really good in the mm-hmm. playing stage. Uh, they were able to take the first seed in that group to get the auto qualification. So they need to play the best mm-hmm. of fives. And, and Kai Wing was coordinating super well with his team, making plays. He is another one of these roaming supports. Um, and he had to do it with uh, a marksman player who he's not really played with in D. And uh, yeah, he was, I heard D was their coach. Or he a was coach? a coach for like another he, team or something. 
a different team. And okay. he had been a player, but he hadn't played on stage in over a year. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's why, like, yeah, PSG was, was amazing. Those players deserve so much credit for, for making it through two groups, you know, with, with subs and, and pulling, pulling that team all together and, and having coordination. Yeah. That being said, yeah. back to my earlier point on jungle, I'm sad they don't still have those Kongue. subs. Because I yeah. wanted to see Kongue versus these other junglers. And I got to be honest, I feel bad uh, for Tank and River coming back yeah. in because you come back to your job where the – the fill-in, the supports were, were just so amazing that, and now your competition is way more stiff too. Exactly. So like there is, it, you're just set up for failure here. It's, it's so difficult. Like you're going against these all-star junglers and teams and like, how do you not get blasted? How do you, yeah. how do you not feel bad there? I mean, Kanye was, I believe the MVP of his, of their league in, yep. in the VCS. So it's, or excuse me, uh, PCS. Uh, so like it, it was something where I, he was such a force for their wins that it made it um, difficult to, to see them replicating that play style when you, like you said, when river and tank come in. So it's not only yes, the competition's getting stiffer and you know, it, you're going up against some of the best teams in, in the world, but you're now doing it also with like, you have to, you have to go back to the play style that you were playing prior to play-ins mm. at, 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 you know, at regionally with, with arguably, which I would argue, uh, less talented in, individual players. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really tough. Uh, but I, yeah. do, I do think that, you know, Kongue and Uniboy were really good. But, like, do I favor Kongue over Kanan and Kanavi? No, right? So, so it's like, I, I would have been excited to see him, but I do feel really bad for the subs because I feel like they're put in such a lose-lose position where it's like you're, you're comparing how Kongue did against teams in play-in to how River is going to do against jdg and domwon <laughs> like this not is fair, not a not a fair comparison right well, so it's kind of like setting him up to get roasted by the fans and I, and I know it's it's not the fault of anyone it's just like what happened with visas and and i'm glad that they were able to continue playing and i'm glad that these guys are going to get their world's experience um but you know i, I think i think for them you know it's going to be rogue and them kind of battling to see uh you know who is going to be finish finishing in third fourth i think that that this would be such a monumental upset if Rogue or PSG uh, got out of their groups, like it feels like a really big long shot. Um, so, you know, I, I am, I am expecting it to be kind of like a battle at the bottom between them and a battle at the top uh, between Dom one and, and JDG. Wow, uh, my camera there, didn't I? He got really excited. Uh, so just shaking around the camera, slamming real. the bikes coming on loose and crackling. All right. Real quick group B predictions. Just slam through these. Um, I'm going to go with, I actually think uh, Damwon will finish first, then JDG. I'm, I'm going to go JDG PSG. first. Uh, yeah, I have Rogue, PSG, third, fourth. Um, you know, I do think the Rogue is the better team than PSG. I think they're actually like a pretty strong team. I think it's unfortunate for Rogue that they got put in Group B with two of the best top laners in the world when they have, you know, a pretty weak top laner. Uh, but, you know, I, I think JDG can take down Damwon. I think this is, is pretty close between the two. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I think that the LPL is, is pretty insane this year. And I think that JDG has, has a little bit of an advantage given that I think that they have better competition than Damwon does. But scrim, the scrim talk has already begun, and Dom wants so good. Um, I also put uh, JDG uh, above them, though. Uh, JDG, Dom won, losers. Uh, one, one, two for me. Um, the the scrim talk uh, hasn't hasn't gotten me this time around. Hasn't swayed you yet? It's in my it's in my brain. 
yeah. taking over. It's, uh, it, it's definitely so exciting, though. Um, and, and those two onto Group C, though, we've got at the top here. Uh, let's start with TSM. Um, this one is a debate. I had Broken Blade in here as player to watch, but I understand why you guys wanted Bjergsen. Yeah, I think it's, it's a question of what's the more important thing to watch because Bjergsen is such a, a stud all year for TSM and he has done it while having the lowest counter pick rate in the entire world by a significant margin. He is one twoing his mid laner almost every game in North America, no matter what it is almost, and, and being able to perform. That's why I lean towards him. But I can understand when you know, with Broken Blade stepping up in the playoffs and really solidifying their top carry play style, um, being kind of like the one two punch of these two guys. But Bjergsen has such a history in, in, at Worlds. He's, he's so criticized for, you know, a lack of success uh, and getting out of groups consistently and this kind of stuff after receiving so much praise. That, like, I feel like I'm always just hungry for the next chapter of, of the Bjergsen story to see, like, is this the area he's going to mm-hmm. get out? Is, is it going to happen? And, and, and I think, you know, Broken Blade is interesting because it's like, this is his first trip to Worlds, I believe, right? So that is kind of cool to see, you know, how he's going to be able to perform on that stage. Um, but I'm more on the Bjergsen side, too, just because I think that this guy was actually hulking out, you know, in NA, um, you know, throughout the, the end of the, the regular season and throughout playoffs. He was just such a monster and such a reason that I felt like TSM was able to actually take the championship. You know, I do think that he is like a, a like an elite level mid laner, and, and I'm really excited to see him in this group um you know being able to to go up and kind of get another shot at proving himself because i know he has been really hungry to get back here uh, obviously there's there's a lot of of story to tell on tsm um because it's a lot of veterans it's a lot of fan favorites um but you know definitely like my my initial focus is on bjergsen and how he's going to be able to match up against uh you know the other mid laners in this group we saw Shie play in play-ins bdd is obviously really really good um nemesis i think was strong in playoffs though he was you know one of the weakest laning mid laners in the regular season you know statistically he was very very poor he, he found some picks that really worked for him in playoffs and, and really started to step it up so i think all of those matchups are going to be um, pretty exciting and and honestly like i look at this group this group is by far the most interesting group to me yeah because i feel like anyone could beat anyone and I think that is so exciting. You know, LGD, I think that the hype got that got killed a little bit. It's starting to, the, the fire is starting to build up a little bit again because they, they 6 0 the knockout stage. But I mean, they went one in three in groups. They look pretty exploitable. They look like they should even be losing some of the games, like the, the game against Legacy. Legacy super through. Um, you know, they, they felt like they had a lot of holes that maybe uh, people could kind of take advantage of. Um, but I do still think that this is going to be like a really, really competitive group where I almost wouldn't be shocked at like any ordering of the teams. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the reason I, I had a lot of weight on um, Broken Blade is because of how he, how much of an influence he was on the overall style that TSM were able to use to get from being one game from eliminated from playoffs to actually winning reverse sweep and making the run all the way through to place number one in North America. I feel like so much of that evolution was, was with top jungle. Um, and you know him picking up the Lucian pick and then drawing a bunch of Lucian bands because of the aggressive play that they were playing with that. Obviously, River Shen got a lot of uh, you know attention and the flexibility uh, of Spica and Spica being a rookie is a big story as well. Um, but I just feel like, especially with this group with Broken Blade going up against Long Xing against Rascal, I feel like I feel like these are really 
these, these are definitely doable for him. Whippo is a very aggressive top laner and can smash you, but can also be punished very hard. Very volatile. So yeah. I'm just like, man, the, it, it just looks so exciting. Every, every one of those um, top lane matchups for me, um, you know, I feel like is, is definitely a possibility for them. And like, like everyone's been saying, th this group is the group of tiebreakers. This is the one where going into it, I, I think you would be disingenuous if you fully counted out any of the teams. I also think uh, that what's what's really cool with this group is that every single team plays pretty different. Um, I think it's fair to say, like the you know TSM, we're talking about this kind of like you know very selfless mid laner setting up a top laner to carry. Then Fnatic is like, all right, let's go self made. What do you want? You know, like you are the carry of this team. Obviously, Genji's a lot more focused on bot lane with Ruler, uh, and then LGD is a little bit more mid jungle focused as a tandem. Uh, and I think Peanut is, you know, he's been criticized for being bad, but then he was incredible in the knockout stage. It's, it's a little bit up in the air, but they do have, uh, I think with GA and Peanut, uh, a mid-jungle uh, mm -hmm. focus coordinating together, whereas I think self-made is, is a little bit more farm-oriented while still being the carry jungler and, and looking for kills for himself versus, like, setting up, up the team. Yeah, uh, so that, it's so cool for this group to, to all be so different. Yeah, I agree. And, and that's why, you know, Selfmade was our player to watch for Fnatic. I, I think that he is such like the inverse of how Broxa played um, on their team where, you know, Broxa was like, all right, Bwipo, you're fighting. I'm there, but you know, like, yeah, sure. I'll skip my, I'll skip my camps. I'll be up there. I'll be backing you up. And, and he was always this guy who would kind of be in the pocket of his laners and sacrificing himself to really enable the laners. And I think, you know, how he worked with both Whippo as well as Hillisang was a large reason for, for, you know, the really strong early game that Fnatic had um, self-made can carry, but in a very different way, as you're saying, he's looking more to, to set himself up. Sometimes uh, Whippo and Hillisang, I think, know are, are struggling a lot more than it felt like they did in the past um, because they don't have that jungler backing them up 24 7 right it's they don't have this jungler that's going to be able to to save them when they go really really aggressive um self-made as as Bippo was trying to do some crazy one v one dob was probably farming his raptors and yeah. scaling up for team fights right and and Hillsang going for these crazy roams and plays um self-made is not always there with him so i think that you know resulted in a lot of the struggles that fanatic had during the regular season um but it did also kind of pay dividends in playoffs where we saw self-made have some some really monster performances where he did focus on getting himself ahead um, but then really was able to kind of like take that lead and dominate in team fights and dominate um around objectives so uh, it's it's a very like me type focus play style um, but it can really really pay off and and in a year where uh, a lot of players on, on Fnatic were kind of struggling self-made Sean and I think that Reckless really Sean as well like you know he was very very consistent and those were kind of the two stalwart players for Fnatic when they were losing a lot in the regular season where they were kind of stuck in the middle of the pack with G2 and people were like are they even going to make playoffs uh, obviously they did and they ended up you know making worlds but yeah. Um, there were a lot more questions around uh, the soul laners for Fnatic and around Hillisang than there normally are because they showed a lot more inconsistencies. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to throw in there too with with Hillisang and, and the inconsistencies. I don't I don't really blame Selfmade for like the team's inability to find like a play style that was working for them during the regular season and some of the individual errors that they were making because they're 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 there this like stuck in between this are we a late game team with reckless and scaling are we early playmaking you know Whippo Hillisang and, and I think it was one of the G2 players who had commented on that during, during playoffs. Mm -hmm. um, and I think 
while that is a little scary, it makes it, this group even harder to predict. Even even Europe as a whole, really hard to predict because so many of their performances flip flopped in playoffs. And um, yeah. it, the the positive way that I would look at it is like, okay, you have a lot of play styles that can work. You just need to figure out the one that's best for you during this quarantine phase and and the scrimming phase and all the stuff leading up to group stage. Because if you can find one that works, they have the talent to do it. And like, there's so many big names uh, on this roster that can make big plays. I, I think I still have confidence in them. Uh, I guess we'll get into this when we get to the prediction part, but like, I, I think that they, they have a pretty good chance of figuring it out. Uh, just a little bit more on the fanatic thing. Um, I also like, like there was a, a post game interview with reckless where he talks about, yes, our best hope is for playing around self-made. Like this whole team is committed um, you know, to that style. And, and uh, you know, of course it's, it's cool to see Carrie jungle, um, full commitment styles come to come to worlds. Um, moving on to Gen G though. In the a group of bottom lanes, it, it gotta feel nice to have a ruler and life there. I think oh, yeah. ruler is going to be the player to watch for people uh, in this group because he's going up against you know some of the most popular eighty carries from around the world. Reckless mm-hmm. and double lift have been playing the game for so long. Um, they are respectively the most popular uh, European AD carry and North American AD carry and rulers coming in as this world champion, previous world champion um, that is playing at the top of his game right now with a very good lane partner. So like Gen G for me is just like so much um, bot lane, bot lane focus. I feel like this is the best bottom lane at the tournament everybody's hyping them up seen a lot of people with with similar opinions there and when you build a team up like that especially gen g that uh if you'll remember back to 2018 (laughs) oh that's what you're setting up for yeah Yeah. i'm like yeah gen g so good build them all the way up here best bottom lane um 2018 didn't turn out too well for them so could be some some upset uh, upset chances here but while we're focused on them um, yeah, definitely ruler player to watch. He, he's playing so well right now. I, I think he's, he's the best marksman player in the world. Come, you know, coming into the tournament, um, he he is incredible. When you look at at some of the other really really top teams, even though there's teams I think that are better than Gen G, uh, I don't think that individually anyone has has really looked as good as ruler. He has just been so consistently dominant. Um, you know, plus thirteen CSD of fifteen. Like that's just. So insane! It's, it's actually, um, it's actually watch that Ash replay too. You're just like, oh, oh my yeah, like god! Where he's kiting, or is it, his character is just like, just like perfectly yeah. not missing an auto, like stutter stepping. You're like, ah! And, and, and you know, to be fair, you know, people are like, oh yeah, Ash kind of, you know, she has flurry, so it looks cooler than it actually is. But he, he was, yeah. Thank you, Mark. In That's my a- gold games, I do that all the time. There's so I, many. I, uh, just, I just quickly though, wow, we're giving so much props to rulers, um, especially the set play from life. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like set is one of the supports that a lot of really good supports have fully embraced it and pick up. And whenever you see it, you're like, oh my God, the playmaking on this guy is, is so good. But there are a decent amount of supports that, that never it felt like yeah. fully embraced the support set. And that's, that's something that- It wasn't popular I, in NA at all. Yeah, who he was it. Except for who he. But and, even and, not not and, once since that got nerfed. I and, don't think and, it's been played a single time. I, in NA. I, I feel like I, I'm, I feel like I'm willing to bet because I remember I checked right, I checked this I, before. I'm willing to to take that bet. I have All not right. checked it before, but I'm a gambler. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
and and those are some of, some of the big moments too. So mm-hmm. that that's why I think the the bottom lane deserves to be mentioned as and, and life also one of his most played is Gragas, which is very atypical, right? So like they they can play some very aggressive lanes, they can play some really cool stuff. They can also play the Braum and the more defensive things than Tom Kench and the and the Karma. Like they are very flexible. They are incredibly strong. Um, you know, I heavily favor their their bot lane. Um, it, you know, it, it, in in really every matchup in this group. And, and they play around it way more. I, I think I hit this in the last episode, but just worth it again with how many times you're like, oh, Barrel gets out of lane. Lou Bao gets out of lane. Like, oh, Cortez gets everyone gets out of lane. You know, like, the, life is less that way. Clid and BDD are often going down to the help. It's about feeding Ruler in a lot of ways. But the same way that, uh, you know, Damwon was able to flip their play style, Rascal is not just like AFK tank, suck it on this island alone uh, top laner. Like, he, he can play Camille and, like, some, some counter pick focused stuff which is why I, I do like genji even a little bit more is if if you do blind a bad matchup top lane like rascal will actually get a counter pick that that can be good for him um which is why you know like everyone said genji should have been the second best team coming out of korea just uh with that massive pause and stuff it was a little more sus but i i'm a, I'm a huge fan for genji mostly because of ruler but i also think the rest of the team deserves a lot of credit Mm, they are looking really, really good. And then our final team, of course, LGG. We just watched a lot of them. Um, Peanut was the guy that we were kind of going to watch, and he did get a lot of criticism, especially from Chinese fans, um, you know, coming coming out of play-ins. Um, but I would say, you know, watching them in the LPL, whether he was doing good or bad, it felt like the team's success you know, was, was made uh, or broken around peanut. Right. And kind of like where he went, the team followed. It feels like he is really like the in-game leader um, and decision maker. You can kind of tell like what they want to do based on where peanut is on the map. Uh, and I think, you know, as a result, like that is the guy you kind of need to watch uh, for LGD. Yeah. I think uh, there's a moment in the last series that it just warmed my heart. <clears throat> fully encapsulated why I wanted to put Peanut as player to watch, even though Shie, I feel like, stepped up and was was a was overall better performing player and was a harder carry and mm-hmm. we we're doing like, you know, best player for the team or whatever. Um, you know, we might argue that. But to your point about Peanut being so pivotal to the success in the games where Peanut was was doing poorly, like complete disaster for them. And in the last series, they had this moment, bottom lane moves up does the scuttle crab the entire health of scuttle crab gets it to like 15 health oh, and then holds, holds it, yeah. it for him yeah. there come kindred get your mark there's a 10 <laughs> health scuttle crab here oh I, i'm not gonna finish it off you know there's an explosive charge on it from Tristana too and he's just like hurting the the, the crab over to him they're like here eat eat <laughs> and it boom you know peanuts right back on track and he and he performs really well in these games and i feel like it's an instance of the team kind of rallying around uh, a player that did have some bad games and and had some underperformances and and supporting them and and you know mm-hmm. that that's that, that's some true you know team team bonding moment right yeah. there we got you <laughs> i think uh the whole like oh this player has some struggles in playing stage that can pretty much apply to every single player except maybe ga a little bit but like even ga well, yeah, like, even even him, but like Kramer had some real bad plays. Mark had some confusing ones. I, I think generally I do like Mark though, but uh, uh, no even bias like, there. Yeah, oh, okay, haha, <laughs> I knew that was coming. Longjing as well, like had some some big question mark plays, and these 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 players do have question mark plays also domestically as well. When you were watching some of their playoff series, um, so this is they were a team that 
were kind of hard to pin down coming into this group. This whole, this whole group is kind of hard to pin down, but play-ins, I think, exposed a lot of the problems and, and reservations that people have around LGD. And, and honestly, like LGD, even in the LPL, like, um, uh, you know, they're, they're one of those things where it's like sometimes you look at the individual pieces and you look at the individual landing phases and stuff and you're like, okay, everything's pretty good, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, but the team would fall apart in the mid and late game. Oftentimes I felt like in the LPL, and I think that was the result of a, a, like a lot of their losses was that they would sometimes even have these incredible advantages. And like a good example of it that happened in play-ins uh, was the game against legacy where they have a cast and who's at like 12 CS per minute. There's like not even been a kill in the game at 20 minutes. They're up 5,000 gold with multiple dragons. It looks like the most free win of all time in that Draven game for legacy. And they just start like, haphazardly engaging into like poppy and and was it Braum? i can't remember who the sport was um but it was just like they were really running it down where they had unlosable side lanes they'd gotten so much free time to scale and they almost managed to, to lose that game and i know everyone's going to remember the like legacy throw from from you know engaging at the dragon with the super minions flooding in the base and they just had to stand there and then they would have won but like legacy should have never even been in that position because that game was like the most one-sided early game should have been the easiest game to close like of all time, given their comp and, and their position. And, and I feel like LGD really choked it. And that's something that they've done uh, a lot in the LPL is that they get themselves into these winning stages. They have really strong lanes uh, at times, but sometimes their mid game just completely falls apart and it feels like they don't really know where to go or what to do. Um, so I think that is something that, that could really, uh, come to kind of bite them even if they are laning better and playing better individually like i think that these are all teams in the group that can punish uh the fact that they are sometimes really sloppy in the mid game the reverse g2 worse than the sum of their parts in the mid game (laughs) (laughs) all right Uh, wait predictions cody predictions okay this is the fun group this is the, the, the most exciting one to predict i'm just i'm just looking at the timer like how uh because we have to go get no, no, just, no justification you word vomit them out uh i'm gonna go genji and tsm homer genji fanatic tsm lgd is mine okay you know I'm, I'm with tsm second as well i think genji does look like the best team in the group i do i do think as much as we talked up genji like and they are really good individually they also have some some mid-game problems they also have some late game problems uh, like i think that domo was clearly the best team in the lck for a reason um these teams aren't exploitable but i still think genji is probably the most solid overall i like tsm over fanatic but I think that honestly, this 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 could go any way. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think it's incredibly close between the teams, um, simply because I do think that Fnatic could be really hit or miss. And if they're on, they could top this group. But they could honestly get fourth in this group. TSM could get fourth in this group. Like Hillsang and Bupo have some real stinker games. Nemesis did not look good in the regular season, so there there is possibilities for that to happen. But I think this group is so exciting because I honestly wouldn't be shocked um, to see anyone uh, you know getting first or last and. Uh, I'm excited for TSM because I do think this is probably the best chance for, for NA to get out, but they're going to have to play really well. My worry is that Fnatic TSM comes down to a tiebreaker. If it comes down to a tiebreaker, Europe's going we through. Have never, we have never been, even specifically Fnatic. Fnatic, it's as a team, not even just all of Europe. Yeah. There's so many moments where I'm just like, holy... The most NA, most NA thing ever would for sure be this comes down, TSM goes 3-3, goes to a tiebreaker, and gets knocked out of group. And specifically, T- TSM goes 3-0 the first week. Fnatic goes 0-3 <laughs> the, first, the second, first week, and then they flip their records in the second. Yeah. NA is only 
won one tiebreaker ever, by the way. Well, we just won a tiebreaker. TL did. So Group D, uh, getting into Group D is, uh, here we go, here we go, Group D. Good, good one, Mark. Top uh, esports night. You're gonna hear this guy's name all the friggin' time throughout Worlds. Have a piece of content coming out on him. Uh, I think he is, you know, potentially the best player in the world. He's probably the best mid laner in the world. He is so ridiculously good. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much uh, of of kind of like what my my content piece is focused on, but like you have got to check out this guy, Syndra, and just the way he plays the game in general is so creative and i think his positioning is is so different um from from a lot of other players that is really really incredible to watch he takes over games so consistently um you know he is a, a, a multiple time mvp in the lpl the only other people to have done that are rookie and, and doobie who both won world championships um you know they are i think the odds on favorite fort worlds and uh, i'm i'm really really excited to watch You're- them play your content piece has the Singer stun from the Dragon Pit in it. Yes, it better. I knew it. Yeah. Oh, how how did I not? How did I know that? I'm yeah. so smart. <laughs> I, I, I was going to talk about that too. Like uh, that that was that was ridiculous. He hides the ball in the wall, pushes it through uh, yeah. with the Singer stun, and and gets them out of fog of war for and against JDG. Like in the finals, uh, game five, wasn't it? I think uh, it was, it was yeah. game five. It's just yep. like. This guy is insane, and he he does not panic. He can play, you know, in under the highest pressure. So I, I'm just and and it doesn't nice. end with him as much as we hype no. them up. Like three six nine is a beast in the top lane, counter pick king. Like always has some whack stuff ready to go at any at the drop of a hat. And then Jackie Love is becoming the most successful AD carry in the LPL history. You know, as much as like mm-hmm. Name and Uzi and the Wei Zhao, though, like this this history of players Uzi's coming back my friend Uzi's gonna come back and he's gonna win yeah I can't wait worlds. for it in the meantime Jackie Love will be holding <laughs> that crown for him uh Jackie Love's a beast and uh apparently is, is really vocal in the shot calling as well and that's why you saw mm-hmm. like the drop off from IG when he left in this meteoric rise for uh top esports when he when he joined as well and Yuyanja has been coming into his own Karsa fits the team as like the okay everyone's a carry I have three carries in three lanes what do I do I protect them at all costs. <laughs> like screw my own farm, screw everything else. I'm here for the team. He he is like the total down for whatever. Where do you need me, jungler? Yeah, he's he's the inverse of Kanavi that we talked about earlier, right? And and also like self-made, where he's going to sacrifice farm. You know, the laning stats for all their laners are like insane, and then his is like he's always way behind in CS and stuff because he's giving up camps to nonstop gank to cover them. And you know, as much as I'm hyped for a night, I think that this is the team that plays around top better than any team in the world, bar none. You know, you, you watch some of these games where, you know, 369 is getting to play, you know, Jackson Amord or, or he uses Quinn into Renekton and these types of things. And it, it goes far beyond that because every single time the wave is in a slightly dangerous position, Kars is already in the brush, helping him push it in. You know, Knight is holding his TP every single time because the only way the, the opponent can actually shut down this Quinn is by ganking him. So he doesn't TP back to lane. He's going to walk to lane and give up CS and he's going to TP for the counter gank. And like just seeing how well they play around any sort of win condition for their team is so damn impressive. Um, 369 is ridiculously talented and warrants that type of attention, even from the MVP of the league. And I think that says a lot about it. So uh, they are just a joy to watch. Honestly, they're are such an entertaining team, you know, really, really incredible across the board. Yeah, I just want to keep talking about uh, Karsa from the earlier jungle mm-hmm. talk up with Kanavi because this is the other side of that. And it's not just that you 
call him over when your wave is in a bad spot and, and he instantly fixes it for you. He proactively comes to your lane, pushes the wave for you. Like, so his set will do level three, immediately come towards mid. He'll quote unquote gank for the lane. Um, Press E on whether, the wave. <laughs> whether, yeah. Whether you get a summoner spell or not, he is his main focus is immediately turning on the minion wave. He AOEs it down for night to then take night to go get another mini objective. They either go for scuttle crab, um, they go top lane like you're talking about, or he is able to get off one of those early purchases. And it's it's these proactive mindset with him to just pay attention to the minion waves like a freaking hawk for his solo laners, mm-hmm. mostly topside movement for him, where he sets up so many plays. It's like this is the jungler that that you want for a team if you're trying to form a team that that also needs the IGL, right? That that also needs someone setting you up uh, you know, in the beginning of the game and calling out the plays before they're happening. This this is a guy that you can see thinking five minutes ahead. Like it's it's so nice to watch how how he's able to pull off those plays, especially coming from most people's experience as junglers for solo queue is you touch someone's wave. They slap your hand with 20 question mark pings, red marks, get the hell out of here. What are you doing to my experience? Even if you take the time to type it out in gaming, you're like, Hey, you know, better for the team to be able to push this. I'm closer. So then we can move to this objective together. So as a team, we are going to overall gain this advantage. That is like it just encapsulates team for me, and that's yeah. that's why I I really really like this look and why I have Carsa. I think he has been underrepresented in people talking about best jungler in the world. I have him right there with Kanavi, um, because because of this planning that he puts in, the, this attention to detail for this guy. Um, and, I, and you have to watch a lot of his games to understand that, right? Like if you yeah. just look at the stats, you're like, wow, this guy's shit. You know, yeah, like, like well, what do you mean well, he's tied uh, for best jungler in the world? Yeah, like, but but I agree. I, I think you know he understands so well um, minion manipulation and wave manipulation, and that is something that like people just don't seem to get even at a pro level. Oftentimes, um, you know, and he's really really intelligent with it. He is always anticipating the needs of his laners, and uh, they they are such an incredible team at playing through lanes and playing towards really any lane. Um, you know, as a result, if there's like anything negative to say, I know some people have some criticisms about, you know, sometimes Yuyanja is, is a little bit less consistent. Um, but, but even then, like... Jungle's this, an this, inconsistent role to me, too. And, and, and this, this bottom lane, I think, you know, can, can compete with anyone. I think that they have, you know, potentially the best mid and top laner in, in the world. Um, they are going to be really, really fearsome. I just like how... Um, so Carsa focuses a lot on on top triangle of the map, um, mm-hmm. you know, mid and top side. Um, and, and Jackie Love just pushes hard. Uh, Does not care. Yeah. He's, he's just like, yeah, I, I'm going to. I'm still going to take these trades. I'm going to play super aggressively with you. And and when you're facing that much pressure, it's this feels like even just watching these games from this teams, it feels like one of those those teams that just overwhelms you with so much offense. I remember. It's like IG. I remember yeah. talking to, um, you know, Reckless and Doublelift years ago, um, way back. If you guys remember all the way back, I'm taking you to boomer times of uh, um, LCK domination um, when it, it was always, oh, these Korean teams are so oppressive. Whenever I feel like, whenever I even try and go get a minion wave, 
it feels like they they slap your hand down they they come punish you it's it feels like this type of oppression where they play with so much offense um that you you constantly are second guessing where is Carso? Where where is the rest of the members? You have to keep track of their teleports. So uh, sp- specifically, I think uh, the one thing I'll say for potential like weaknesses for them is a bit of greed. I think uh, a lot of the LPL teams have this. Probably JDG is more of the exception, but like Suning and LGD and and TS will have these plays where like the play will end. They'll like get a gank kill, and like usually you should reset there because it's correct for tempo, but they'll like want more, like they'll want to finish putting the wave in exactly how they want it, or they want more farm or whatever the reason is. Then they overstay. And then that starts another fight. And I think that's where some of like the people think like the nonstop fighting memes and stuff can come from. And Jackie Love in particular is, is a little notorious, I think for this greeting out for whatever he wants and, and getting into these situations. So like, this is maybe the, the weakness that you might see is something like that going poorly for them in a best of one. But I actually think it's, it's something that funnily enough works well in the best of five more so, because if you're such a good team on a fundamental mechanical level that like you'll win out on these situations over a five game series and you'll be getting more because you're being greedier. Because there were so a uh, few losses. Uh, I went back to try and, you know, scan, scan the TES losses. Be like, all right. So where was the master plan for people who cracked them? Right. And most of them, uh, there was there was one trend, and it was camp the shit out of bottom lane, tilt <laughs> yeah. Jackie Love, and you can see in his eyes where he's just like, I am so much better than this guy, and to me over again. You gotta call him again. You yeah, you need me. your jungler, bro. You need your jungler to beat <laughs> me. Yeah. So yeah, if if we're already trying to be like, all right, so you know who's gonna take a big swing at this team? Um, uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like that that's uh, that's the angle to go after because I honestly couldn't couldn't find any footage of teams trying to camp topside and win. Uh, there's just never three six nine and Carson so good. Like I didn't see uh, you know getting outplayed. Uh, yes, we do need to keep moving. So thank you for the constant <laughs> reminders. Boom, DRX. They have uh, some volatility to them, but so I could see them taking a game off of. Who's your play to watch? But I could also see them, uh, you know, just com- completely bombing out. It has to be Chovy. If if you're watching somebody on this team that's not Chovy, then you're watching them to see how they're going to let Chovy down. That is your <laughs> that is your excuse and that Papa is your, Chovy, no. your rationale. And you're like, all right, Chiosik is the is the player to watch because he's gonna he does, run it. Like you let Chovy down, I'm gonna like. <laughs> it's insane to me too because looking look going back and you, you watch the games and like you know there's some mechanical errors that, that come out from from psic and, and you're just like ah you know you know that's this mistake or um some lazy pathing and you're like okay you know one of these things looking back at the stats he is coming into the tournament the lowest mid jungle proximity and you have chovy like you have one of the most talented players Cho- chovy's like i don't need any help Put out the fires on the rest of the team. I mean, I, me, I would just be hovering around him. I'd be like, yo, can I, like, can, can I get some kills that, like, rub off? Uh, can, I, can I get some, like, golden experience that has come from, like, playing around Just come and Joby? safeguard when he's killing, kill, solo killing yeah, his Yeah, like, boom, got the assist. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Chovy is monstrously strong. Um, to to me though, like I, I did mention it earlier, 
I did feel like the, the LCK I thought was weaker this year. Um, I felt like it was Don Juan and then, then everyone else. I thought as a, as a whole, the league um, was weaker, you know, DRX Chovy is incredible, but like the team has, has some, some pretty big inconsistencies. It's not just PO six. Sometimes uh, I think that they just make like play calling errors. Um, they're not necessarily like focusing on what they should be focusing on. Maybe they should be playing side lanes, but they're like trying to overforce a fight, even though they like have side lane advantage. Um, these types of things I think have really kind of come to, to bite them in the butt. And I feel like uh, for DRX, even for Genji sometimes, and honestly, for a lot of the other teams in the league, like this happened to SKT and stuff as well, is I, f- I feel like in the past for for LCK, like they were dominating and they played this slow methodical style and everyone tried to emulate them. Everyone was trying to be SKT. And then LPL has crushed the last couple of years. And I feel like it's it's gone this transformation around the world where now everyone is trying to emulate a more aggressive play style and i have felt like this year uh the lck is trying to to kind of replicate that play style and going through some of the speed bumps that the lpl teams had a couple years ago where it was like you know they would have these really aggressive games but sometimes they weren't taking like the best plays they couldn't execute it consistently like they're trying to make things happen and they're trying to be way more aggressive like they have a, a faster play style than, than they have in the past as, as a league um, but they just haven't like fully ironed it out yet and I think that the LCK teams are, are going to be terrifying when they get there uh, but I just haven't felt like they're they're there just yet um, they're just showing a, a lot of these inconsistencies and stuff I think um, across the league and, and making more mistakes uh, than than you would want uh, from from like these absolute top level league teams yeah I think one thing this is like both a, a good and a bad thing for DRX. I feel like their players are largely so versatile that they can play a lot of different play styles. Like Doran can be both strong and weak side. I think uh, Deft a lot of the same way, Kira uh, as well. But I think that results in them not having a super well-defined play style, whereas I think a lot of other teams at Worlds do. And I think that contributes to some of the problems that people saw with their drafts, where like you had less of a, like, we're doing this every game thing. And sometimes they end up in situations where they're, they're they're trying to check too many boxes, I guess, in in these 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 drafts because mm-hmm. they can kind of do everything, and then they don't pick one thing, and, and so like I think that's one of the the concerns for this team as well, and where some of that inconsistency stems from. Whereas like Gen G is like we're going bot. I will also have my my caveat with with DRX. I know that Deft has uh, had a back injury, back, yeah. and they've been dealing with that. And from watching the beginning of season games when. Um, when their bottom lane was performing really well, uh, I had a lot more confidence in this team. And they, they definitely took a, a pretty substantial dip towards the, towards the back half. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I started to see some of the things, uh, you know, about, about the injuries. And, and you know, it, it's you know, hard to know anything really concrete about these, but, you know, they've been working on it. And so hopefully, you know, everybody's at 100%. Um, Akaria is a guy where, you know, rookie, I, I was so excited. I always get excited for underdogs, for rookie players, you know, those types of, um, you know, anime style stories. Uh, he, he was popping off at, at the beginning beginning too and uh, i hope i'm hoping that the bottom lane here for for drx does you know uh, have a resurgence because we did see them play at uh, a strong level and of course with depth with such a long history it will always be nice to see you know if they can uh, you know reach the, reach those heights once again but uh we shall keep it a uh, moving along here uh fly quest Fly quest, fly quest, fly quest. World quest now. Santorum, um, baby. 
the player I, to watch. I He's, think I think we were just all in immediate agreement on uh, Santorin, even though, uh, yeah, yes, Power Evil is a big carry for them. Uh, I think Santorin, uh, his his evolution in the in the jungle and the consistency that he's had this time around have been so big for for FlyQuest success. I'll I'll give you the the thing we're kind of doing with Rogue. We're all, I'll hype up FlyQuest and you guys can tell me why that I'm going too far with this. But like they actually I think have a, a pretty interesting playstyle for worlds where uh, Ignar wants to be a playmaking roamer. They had the lowest mid or bot uh, duo proximity between Ignar and Turtle. Uh, I was wondering if Senna was still going to be a priority uh, with the nerfs that happened. Answer, yes. Turtle does have a pretty good Senna. has a pretty good Ezreal. Those were, were two pretty popular picks in the bot lane. So I think that's setting them up for, for a pretty good meta where Santorin can play both styles of tank and um, carry. And he was able to flop his playstyle or flip his playstyle a little bit like uh, Inspired did as well for Rogue. Um, I think you can worry a little bit about PoE's champ pool sometimes, but he always has some interesting picks and performs. It feels like, you know, the one time he was at Worlds, it was, I think it was one time, but the 2017 time, at least, it was really impressive to see him have, have these kind of games. And so I think he can have some interesting things that can counter comps out more so than lanes. Um, it's a tough group for midlanders with Knight and Chovy being number one and number two in the world, probably and, for a lot of people. And no man's like no man's is no you, joke. Since you all got put into this group, I feel like this this group I, I've been having fun like putting a yeah one, one uh, role for for each group. I, I I'm willing to put. I'm, I'm just trying to hype FlyQuest a little bit, you know. And uh, like you're saying, Po6 a little bit of a concern. Santorin's and probably their power best player. People, like I was saying, yeah. And Solo will play weak side. Kind of gets the fin fin treatment, I think. <laughs> I think he's a lot better than Finn, to be fair. Um, so, I, I mean, it, it's tough, right? Because I, I think that FlyQuest doesn't have any, like, gaping weakness where you're just, like, pointing to it. It's like, they're going to lose because of this. Uh, to me, my concern with FlyQuest is just, like, are your players individually talented enough to match up against their opponents, right? Like, can you overcome uh, the disadvantages that I think on paper, most people are expecting, you know, from, from the lanes, right? Because I do think that, you know, when you, when you end up getting to worlds, you're going up against so many talented individual laners, you're going up against so many strong teams um, that it becomes incredibly difficult to just like not be way behind, uh, you know, after the first 20 minutes of the game, just like naturally because they're better at trading, they're better at farming, they're better at setting up around objectives and, and these types of things. So like, that is my big concern for FlyQuest. I just think that they are kind of outmatched as far as talent goes. Uh, against top, I think they have no chance. I think that honestly no one in this group has a chance against top because I think they yeah. are like the best team in the world right now. Um, and, you know, I really, really heavily favor them over everyone. You know, against uh, DRX, it feels like there's got to be some sort of edge they get. And and to me, the most obvious edge you could maybe get is through preparation, is through pick pan, right? FlyQuest has had, you know, really smart level ones. Um, they have had sometimes, you know, some really smart drafts like the Swain pick, uh, orchestrating that into a heavy dive comp. Like those are the types of edges you need to get. You know, maybe they can look at some of the play and stuff and find ways that like, hey, maybe Tristana mid works really well into X or maybe there's like a room for, for Cass in here or something like that where you can, can really get away with it. Like, I feel like FlyQuest to, to beat DRX needs a big draft gap. Like they need an advantage in preparation because I do think that like pound for pound, their opponents are just stronger. Um, so, so that's kind of like my big worry is it's just like, can your individual players get it done? Luckily for them, I feel like DRX have had some games with some draft gaps. So uh, I do think it is a real possibility. This is not just throwing out the mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, you know, Hail Mary. Maybe they can maybe. cheese them. Yeah. yeah that type of thing. So I, I think that 
honestly, this is a probably a bigger discussion that we don't have time for, but that it's, it's such a big uh, and important part of, of the game that mm-hmm. the teams where you're judging, like you're saying, FlyQuest, this is one of their strengths um, and, and DRX uh, have been heavily criticized for it as well is another big part that you were judging them by. Yep. All right. You want to talk drafts? I got drafts for you. I can sell you on some drafts. You let's talk unicorns. Some AP love, bottom dude. laners. Yeah. You want some mage bottom laners? You want some crazy stuff? I mean, unicorns love is your team on top of the fact that they're just pretty solid. Fundamentally. This is not like, I think some of the, you know, teams that have come in from planes before, like some of the Vietnamese teams that have really crazy stuff, but come sometimes lack the fundamentals to back it up when they get a lead that they just lose it later because they, they can't actually execute. Like unicorns love are, are pretty solid. Um, no man's we talk a lot about gadget as well, but even like an honest take and stuff like there, there's so many great players uh, on this team. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've been on the precipice of making it into the group stage, like what, two, three times where they, mm-hmm. where they've had close best of fives um, and didn't make it in this time. It wasn't even close. They crushed super massive. That was, was not a close series, you know, super massive beat mad and they destroyed super massive. So like this is a team that I think is looking pretty strong. Um, I, I think they could definitely be competitive, you know, maybe, beat FlyQuest, I think that, that that would not be like that surprising to me. I think that this is going to be a, a pretty tough um, opponent for FlyQuest. They shouldn't be underestimated just because um, they are from the LCL. You know, if, if MAD made it through play-ins, people would be saying, all right, well, that's going to be tough for FlyQuest. You should be respecting this team as well. Um, you know, even though they are, they are less known, they're not from uh, one of the big four regions. They are really, really strong. Uh, they are flexible. Uh, no Man's is, you know, their big star from the LCL where they only lost two games in the entire year but in play-ins i did think that gadget was a standout i thought his twitch was incredible like he showed some really strong uh solo carry performances you know not just sitting back and, and waiting for the game to come to him you know he, he had one game in particular where it's like he finished blade of rune king he just stealths mid 1v1s the fed silas mid lane goes back bot finds another kill there like he is a playmaker um and he has you know a, a tremendous amount of flexibility you well will come into this series like, you know, this is group rather very, very well prepped. Like that seems like a big strength for them because they have a lot of flexibility in draft. They have a lot of creativity uh, that they can bring to the table. And I think they're going to be very reliant on that um, to try to really make something happen. But um, I do think at the end of the day, they have a lot of the same problems that, FlyQuest may have, where I just don't think that their players, um, you know, are matching up kind of pound for pound with their opponents. I think Ananasic was was like, you know, problematic at times for, for them in play. And I think Boss can be pretty exploited. You know, he doesn't have like a, a super deep champion pool. It feels like a, a lot of Renekton and Wukong. Um, and I think that these are champions that when you're playing against really top level players and people who, who are going to focus on that lane, um, it, it can be really, really difficult to, to actually kind of get away with that. I had a hard time deciding between No Man's and Gadget for my player to watch for this because both of them had such big standout moments in play-ins. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the really strong Twitch performances from Gadget, I was just like, oh my goodness, like I, I really, he's such a strong AD carry, but the, the added flavor of them flexing and having AP bottom lane picks really made me excited for him. On the other hand, when you say no man's Cassidy, you're running around in circles, turning back around, getting triple kills for himself, <laughs> just so making funny. the yeah. opponent team embarrassed on the world stage, like embarrassing professional players on the world stage, and then blind picking all of these punishable matchups and 
the confidence on this guy, the swagger, I freaking love it. I, the, the unicorns have so much style, so much personality, and they had good play to back it up. I just really enjoyed watching them in play-ins. I think that they did come to play here for groups. I think they'll, um, you know, they can definitely take games. So I'm super excited for, for both those players, for this entire team. Um, because if we think to past performances at Worlds too, Ananasek was was really good last year at Worlds for them. And a lot of people have really come to know their names because this team dominates uh, LCL so much and has returned with uh, you know with those with those players multiple times. We are running real close to having to run out the door to go get our uh, COVID test. Yeah, we all so have to get COVID tests so we can go into the studio and so cast we can go worlds. Into the studio, so um, group uh, predictions, Kobe. Yeah, we'll just do predictions and uh, and skip the Twitter questions for this time around. All that being said, as excited as I am for this team and as much as I love FlyQuest, last I place still have <laughs> <Yep>. to. <laughs> They'll have to pick TES and DRX getting out. I could definitely see, you know, um, with the bottom lane underperformances, with uh, uh, Def's injury, I could see DRX, a world where they don't get out. I think mm-hmm. it's more plausible that one of these Group D top two teams don't get out than it is like, you know, the, the Group B. Yeah, soon um, G2 or GDG. The, yeah. the debates of Group of Death type of stuff. Um, but I wouldn't say it's, it's more probable. So I would, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my, I think this, this group, most people will have top DRX FlyQuest unicorns. Right. Um, I think that top feels like they have an iron grip up there. I would be shocked if, if they are not first um, DRX feels like the team that maybe could have the most variance. I, I agree that, you know, group C, I don't really consider it an upset if anyone gets out like that just feels like pretty comparable to me. Um, but if there was like one upset to pick, I think it would be DRX. Um, getting knocked out uh, because, you know, they have been higher volatility, uh, you know, and, and if they were kind of slipping up, I think they could lose games to FlyQuest. I think they could lose games to Unicorns of Love. I think they're definitely going to lose games to Top. And then all of a sudden, you know, if, if you slip up once or twice, uh, you could be going home. Um, but that being said, you know, I, I still think I have Top, DRX, uh, FlyQuest in third and Unicorns in fourth. But I'm I'm hopeful, you know, from the NA perspective that maybe FlyQuest can really, you know, focus on their preparation and, and kind of outthink some of these teams um and get some big draft advantages because i think that would be their their best shot at uh at kind of upsetting the wagon and uh and, and maybe getting out mark yeah uh, i'm pretty much the same as, as you guys uh same order i think FlyQuest. We, we didn't go on soul that hard but i think what we saw in in the finals first broken blade is like terrifying uh, for when you start going up against 369. even doran like i said they can play around him they, they do have different play styles so like if they think that's the weakness. They're going up there. Boss is is a little weaker, but um, uh, he he still plays carries. So like I think there's a there's a lot of interesting matchups in this group, but I I think it's pretty likely it goes this way unless DRX pulls like the uh, you know Samsung dot A level kind of mistakes, uh, mm-hmm. which is possible because the, I think the one thing you have to remember about worlds is like something never goes according to plan. It's already happening in play-ins. That was totally screwed up. So. All of these predictions that we said, we could be looking back a month from now and being like, wow, we were idiots. Not yeah, me. I'm not an idiot. That's going to do it. Some. <laughs> That's I would, every month I look back, I'm like, God, I was an idiot last month. <laughs> 
Uh, this episode of the dive is coming to conclusion. The earthquake episode where we're uh, banging the desk. Uh, thank you so much to Honda for making this possible. As always, group stage starts Saturday, October 3rd. We will return with another episode in two weeks. That will be after the group stage ends before we get to the playoff stage. See you then.